Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro. And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace. Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team. Let's dive into the research to find out what neuroinsight you could implement today. All right, welcome. Well, uh, Vivian, you had an interview today. Uh, how did that go for you? Yeah, so the big news today at Nero was that we interviewed a big guy at McGill, Days Hotel Faculty of Management. His name is Henry Mintzberg and his daughter, Susan Mintzberg. They came on our LinkedIn Live and it was a super interesting conversation I mean, Henry has years of experience in the field of management, and Susan does a lot of work with mental health. And so it was a really cool collaboration where Henry talked about the importance of things like connection and belonging and relationship and how management's really moving towards what he calls the people plane, where people need to know how to interact and how to uh, build connection, especially in a remote setting. So yeah, very relevant to what we're talking about here at Nero. Well, it's so fun that we have these LinkedIn lives. Um, jump over there if you haven't seen these yet. Um, they are recorded, so you can always uh, go back to past ones. But we've interviewed just a lot of really interesting people, and we have more interesting LinkedIn lives lined up. Yep. And today, this is also a uh, a good opportunity for us to talk some more. We do uh, this podcast, and today we have an interesting article. It's a big one. This one was published in 2018, and the title is Managerial Practices to Reduce Psychosocial Risk Exposure, a Competency-Based Approach. So this study was done before the one we presented last episode. Peter, what was the one that we did last episode? Oh, yes, that was a great one. So that was more about remote work setting. And that paper was inspired by this paper. So they are related. Now, this one was based off of the the, the assumption, the knowledge of Kellaway 2005, that interventions in the workplace are more effective than individual interventions. So if someone's having a mental health problem, Sure, more mindfulness for that one specific person might help them, but really we need to look at their whole work environment. That's mm -hmm. what's going to change things. So that's where this paper's, uh, the approach that it's coming from. And they wanted to look at managers' leadership styles. And specifically manager behaviors and how that affects psychological well-being. So while last episode was more on the remote work setting, today we're sort of zooming out and looking at managers as a whole and seeing not just in a remote work setting, but in general, what can managers be doing to promote psychological health and well-being. So I'm going to dive a little bit into the theoretical context behind this paper. They talk about three main theories. So the first is called Job Demands Resources Theory. It was developed by Backer and Demurdy in 2007, which says that in every workplace culture, you every employee is faced with certain demands like your workload or conflict or emotional demands. And then your job gives you certain resources to deal with that demand. 
So it could be coaching, it could be team cohesion, it could be even support you have from your colleagues, your supervisor. If you have too many demands, this results in exhaustion. Makes sense. Too few resources, you're going to end up cynical. So demands and resources, those both play together in thinking about organizational structure. Yeah, you can think of um, someone who works for a really good company and they make lots of money, and yet that person is personally suffering. And you ask them what the problems are, and they say uh, this, this, and this. And you go, well, what's the problem? Doesn't your company have all these excellent benefits? They have the gym, they have uh, you know, a masseuse that'll come into your room. No, it, it's not helping because the demands are too great for me. Mm-hmm, exactly. The other model is the effort reward imbalance model. And this was developed in 1996 by Segrist. And what he said was that if you are giving too much effort, and maybe this resonates with some of you out there, uh, to your job, but not getting enough reward or recognition, whether it's in terms of salary or even just verbal praise, then this will also result in poor psychological health and well-being. And the last thing they talked about in the paper was the presence of psychosocial risk factors. So there are various risk factors that everyone finds in a work environment. This could be your workload. It could be uh, how safe you find your work environment to be, whether or not you have a culture of support and respect. And so all these factors are related, basically, to psychological health of the employee. And it's actually the manager's role to protect the employee from these psychosocial risks. So the objective of this paper was looking at, are there specific management practices that are more effective or that can help to protect their employees from exposure to these psychosocial risks? And can we group them under competency clusters? Can we somehow organize all of these practices into core competencies that every manager should focus on? So how they did this was through two qualitative studies where they interviewed people in Quebec and France, both employees and managers, and then from a thematic analysis, then pulled out themes. Under the themes were core competencies, under the core competencies were then very specific management practices. So Peter, you want to maybe walk us through some of the themes that came out from this study? Sure. Yeah. Um, I won't go through the competencies or the specific management practices, but I really encourage you to uh, look at this study and read them for yourself. If you're a manager, you'll go, oh, that's a good reminder to do that. Or yes, I really believe in that one. But there were eight broad themes that came out of this study. The first one is supervisory, then relational, informational, assignment, cooperation, team management, leadership, and ethical. So those are the themes that they found, and we're just going to highlight two of them. They found that the most important themes were supervisory and relational. Exactly. And to explore that a bit more in detail, supervisory referred to the manager's ability to manage the employee's workload. So whether that's recognizing when someone is overworked and then knowing how to redistribute that workload. It also referred to things like making good decisions and communicating those decisions well. And then relational, 
and this is something we talk about a lot, but managers listening to employees, being available and feeling like you connect with your manager. That's a very important part of management that comes up actually both for managers and employees. They both said that this was important. Now, there were uh, some differences between perception with managers and subordinates. But one thing that really stuck out to me in this article was they found that uh, first-line managers are much more vulnerable to mental health problems, meaning they they go through a lot more personal conflict uh, with employees, as well as manage any sort of mental health issue that arises Mm -hmm. or is slowly lingering. Exactly. And not only do they have to manage their own team, but they also are being managed at the same time. So they're kind of caught in the middle where they have to answer to someone and yet at the same time deal with all the putting out fires and, you know, being the first line that responds to things. Yeah, which then makes sense to another statement. The lower management levels are twice as likely to suffer from work stress than other managers the higher you're up. Yeah, exactly. And so I think how this relates to neuro, I think we are targeting first-line managers. We, we see the need to equip first-line managers with these managerial behaviors they need. A good question to ask is, where are managers learning these relational practices? Where are they learning how to supervise? I don't, I don't think a lot of first-line managers feel properly equipped in these practices. And so at Nero, we're really thinking about what kind of training we need to be developing so that managers feel like they have what they need. They have the tools to actually manage well. Yeah. And these are all to their context, right? Uh, Mental health's everywhere. It's at the home, it's on the playground, but the office, the workspace that you are managing your companies in or your organization, this is where mental health matters. And it's always going to be tailored to that place. And and this article was really good. It has a lot of rich insights for us to look at. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to look at the article where we'll put it in the show notes at the end of this episode. Definitely go ahead and read the article on your own if you are so inclined. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed that little snippet of uh, insight into the world of management. And we'll see you again next week for some more exciting research.